The Football Show on Off The Ball With Sky Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports I'm prepared to do anything I can well, to do play it then. again Do it then What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? Why <laughs> well, should there be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh. Alright, you're welcome along to Thursday's Football Show Delighted to have John Giles in studio with us this week How are you keeping John? Okay, Nathan. You're looking well. Oh. Keeping well. Keep keeping out of trouble. That's the main as, thing. That's as the much main as thing. Possible. Uh, we are on the cusp of another important international window. Uh, there's a lot of Premier League to look back on as well. I know you're heading to the Viva Tuesday night to watch the Armenia game. Yes, yes. I've been invited uh, to go, and it's um, Dr. Alan Bourne. It's I think it's his last his last match. So. Uh, and he, he's a very good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. I spoke about him last week. I, I've known Alan since he was was a kid. He's done a great job with the Irish team and that. Um, so I think there might be a few <laughs> drinks afterwards, uh, Nathan. Where's Where's the John Giles haunt these days? You don't have. You're not, you're not in town enough to have uh, have a haunt anymore. No, no. I'm. Uh, you mean home? Home? Yeah. Home. I'm in. Well, I'm in Dublin for uh, last for a weekend. Okay. Here next week, and I'll be looking forward to Tuesday night. See Alan's farewell. But if you see John Tuesday night, Bacardi and Coke is. Yeah, not not um, diet. No, the real stuff. Oh, I can't stand diet, mate. <laughs> it's like poison. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the way, the way we're talking, you think I was a, a, a near alcoholic yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's only down in, and I can put a little drop in. Okay. Just a little drop, and I drown it. I can drown it then, you know. Right. But, uh, but it's. Uh, Usually has a good effect, yeah. Might be a sing-song at the end of the night. Could be. Could well be. Yeah. Sounds like it might be a good one. Yeah. Well, we look forward to it. It'll be, it should be good. Big fella, big big send-off for Alan. Anyway. Yeah, 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 he deserves it. Yeah, he's been there, there a hell of a long time. Um, you, you don't go to many matches anymore. Do you, do you miss not going to matches and, and not being around the game as much? Well, I, well, I used to go to matches when, we, when, we, when I was on RTE, mm. doing, doing the matches. Uh, you had to be there yeah. uh, for that, Nathan. But uh, I was never... Like in England, I get a lot of uh, uh, offers to go see, say, West Brom playing a, and like wh- wh- when you're a player, you see, you, you drop, drive up to the ground, you come out, you drive down. There's no hanging around and getting there early. Like uh, if I go to West Brom now, or any match, like you've got to be there at least an hour beforehand. You've got to park the car. There's a lot of that, and I mean, there's a lot of matches on telly, yeah, as you know. So I haven't been to a live match uh, for ages. And uh, obviously the Irish match I watch on the I watch on the telly as well. Uh, but we used to, as you know, in, in years ago, a few years ago, you'd, you'd be at the match because mm. you were doing it live from the up on the stand and that. You know, sometimes the away matches you were obviously in the studio. And would you have found a big difference when you were doing your analysis of you know being there at Lansdowne Road compared to, as you say, an away game or if it was a Champions League game where you're back in studio? Would you have found it a lot easier to do analysis when you're at the game and you're seeing the full picture? No, no, you'd probably probably easier in the studio, Nathan, because you could uh, you could be watching the match, but you could ask the, 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 one of the lads who are doing doing it for you, can you go back on that a little bit? When you're doing it live, you, you, you're, you're out of it in, a, in many ways. You don't have the same technology mm. at, say, uh, Lansdowne Road as you would in the studio. Are you... I was going to say a bit fairer almost when you're 
in the stadium because you're kind of more aware of the atmosphere and the hype and the emotion of it whereas I guess when you're in studio or a bit more removed as you say you're saying stop go back you're looking at it probably more in an analytical sense whereas in studio you get a better sense of the occasion uh, well the, the problem you see with, the, with doing it at the ground is you, you're in a little yeah little box little box and uh, you don't have the same atmosphere as the, the, the fans right yeah 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 so it's sort of soundproofed you know and you're not I fully think, getting I it I think if it went, when we were doing it I preferred doing it in the studio because we had more more technology around us if we needed to to, to, to look at something do you know mm-hmm. what I mean uh, watch the goal or go over the goal or that it was it was easier to do I, I think in the in the studio so we've got two big games coming up Scotland and Armenia and they're important for different reasons in terms of seedings and things like that. Uh, they're also still important for Stephen Kenny because it was a mixed bag in June. Started off horrifically with the defeat in Armenia, followed up by a defeat at home to Ukraine, but they managed to turn it around, build a bit of momentum. And it's been sort of like that for Stephen Kenny over the last three years. Yeah. They, they they get a couple of results, you feel that's it, they're going to kick on. Yeah. And there's a big setback. Are you seeing in general signs of progress? Do you feel like they're ready, that this is almost the finished article of his team now? Uh, I would imagine so I mean if you say he's been doing it for three years I don't know I mean, he's had quite a lot of matches he's had a break from it now I mean Stephen I believe now should know, would know all these players inside out you know he's given them all a go mm. and and it, it takes time as we spoke to early on you know you, in your head you have Joe Bloggs can do that and then you find out he can't do it so that's three years I th- I'd say Stephen would really really know his best team now, definitely. And then you go from there, you know. What would you put more emphasis on in terms of that selection? So the players who played well against Scotland last time out and over in Ukraine, some of those aren't playing a huge amount yeah. at club level. There's other players, the likes of, say, Chidoz Yogbene, who dropped out of the side for those couple of games, but has started the season domestically yeah. very, very well. Like That is the job of the managers, to get yeah. that balance. What would you put more on in terms of well, selecting well, your I, 11? I, I think you'd know before they play the season, Nathan, anybody. Because, as you say, somebody could be playing, Joe Bloggs could be playing, he did particularly well. Uh, and I found it when, when I was managing like that, OK, he's, he's done that for his team. But the guy that I want has done it for us all the time. Do you know what I'm mm. Like, lads can be on form, but, uh, but that's for the club t- team. But you have to go, what's he done for me when he's played for me? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and mostly, I know what he can do. I know what they all can do now, right? I know there's some lads coming back into the, into the squad and that, and, you, and, and the squads are very, very big. But Stephen, in my opinion, as manager would uh, ignore in many ways club form. You know, I, I found that when I was manager, I, w- I wouldn't have had as many players in it. But how did he play for me? What did he do for me? You know? Yeah, uh, different system it's a different, to what they're yeah, playing it's a different with their club. You, like, you only have the, the, the international players for a certain period of time. It's not like having a club. The, the, the clubs have the players all the, all the time. But they're your players, you know, mm. because what you'll find is at club level, the manager that's picking that team, he likes this particular player. That's the way he wants to play. But it's different for you, right? And, and the problem is, as, as uh, international manager, is 
you're not with the players all the time. Yeah, yes. Club manager, for... you're there all the time, you're playing matches week in and week out. But you have to go on what the player did for me at international level. You know? And that's the way. And I think Stephen would know these players inside out now. Definitely. So no excuses left at this stage. Uh, one player who I think is nailed on to start is Nathan Collins. Uh, he had a very good June window and obviously capped it with that sensational goal against Ukraine in the last game. I said quite the week, obviously. Yeah. Uh, sent off for the karate kick on Jack Grealish on Saturday. Uh, you've obviously seen a bit of him in the Premier League this season and there's a lot of expectation on his shoulders already. Yeah. How good is he now? How good could he become? I think he's really good. Uh, I I think it'll take a bit of time for him to uh, become a really top for, uh, what's a Premiership player and an international player. Was he 21? Mm. I think he's got everything. Now, what he needs now is experience. I mean, it showed on the foul he committed on Grealish last week. You know, it didn't go to hurt him, but it was a bad decision to make at that particular time. And, I've, and especially in the position that he's playing at centre-back, uh, like it's one of the, probably the, one of the most responsible positions on the pitch, apart from the goalkeeper. You know, you have to learn your trade. Like it, 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 you ha- can't go here, you can't go there. It'll take time. Ma- you learn match by match. And he's very, very young, yeah, and he's very inexperienced at the moment. But I think he's got what it takes to become a really, really top-class player. Right. And he learns as he goes along. You know what? Like he played in in uh, well, Ukraine, wasn't he? In the in Ukraine, uh, yeah, he scored the goal. He was, yeah, he was outstanding. Mm. He was outstanding in the match. So uh, have a jo- hard job at the weekend, I think, with Scotland. Scotland are quite good. Well, they look well, very good last night. Yeah, good. but he learned as he and goes. What, what is it that you're seeing about him at 21 that suggests he'll go but to I the think very top? Like last week, he was a bit anxious to get to the ball. Mm. That's how he committed the foul. You know, because he, he didn't go to hurt the player. But it was it was it was a bad decision to make, and he learned match by match by match by match. Now I can't go there. I can go into that. I can make a tackle there. I can get on the cover. You know, there's a million and one things to learn from that position. But he, ha- in my opinion, he has the, the the basic skills, and commitment, and he's a big lad. I think he's going to be good in the air. Uh, from what I've seen of him, I think he's going to be a really really top class player. But he will make a few mistakes. It's a very very uh, difficult position. Uh, they usually learn to trade. I remember John Terry playing with Chelsea when he was 28, 29. He knew when to go there. He mm. knew when to go there. Midfield is similar. All the positions are like they have to have positions in, but they're not as vital. In, in in midfield, you could go into the wrong position and give the ball away. Yeah. And you got to defend in you, his position. You miss a tackle, it doesn't necessarily there's result a good in the chance, goal. There's a good chance of yeah. goal. And and you'll have to live with that and learn from it. And, and, and he seems a really good lad. Uh, so... As he goes along, he'll get better and better. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of centre halves who don't uh, lose that rashness, and maybe they're the ones no. who don't make it to the very top. But, is but that it's true. It's true. You're right. Absolutely right. And you see them, and they, they can have a good game uh, on the day when you have to go for everything, you know. Mm. And they never learn. Some days you don't have to go. You have to sit back. You know what I mean? We, we've seen some terrific players. John, I think John Terry, in in re- fairly recent times. Uh, was was brilliant at that, and as as he got older, he got better and better, and he knew when to dive in, when to do all the various things. But but I think uh, Nate, this lad Nathan, has has the basics that he has is good, and and I'm sure we'll learn learn from it. Yeah, it's a hard thing in a game like that. You're playing Manchester City. You probably feel 
you need to leave a bit on them? Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, especially when there's a long ball coming across. And, and I saw him in other matches as well, apart from Manchester City, and he, and he was a bit, little bit jumpy in, in right. that way. He, he, he'll settle down as the matches go on. You know, you learn and learn and learn. Uh, uh, th- these are the lads who are really going to be good. You know, they, they, they used to have a saying years ago, this, you play one match and you learn a lot. You play 100 matches and you learn nothing. Do you know what I mean, mm. Nathan? Some lads, are, I've seen lads like that. They're, they're as good at 20 as they were at 30. Cause never, but I think, I think Nathan Collins has what, what it takes to get better and better. And I suppose when he went in on him, he left one on him at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was going to get sent off. He was, oh, yeah. it was, get it was, I mean, he was up in his chest. You know? <laughs> I mean, I think he thought, obviously thought he could get the ball. But that's, that's learning as well, having experience. Well, no, no, I won't do that again. Because uh, uh, like the, 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 the tackle was <laughs> as is at the vital time of the game. Like, the Wolves were coming back into the game at that particular. But any, at any stage, you can't, you can't do that. You have to be able to read... Uh, see if he's reading it really well Nathan he lets Grealish have it on his chest and then the ball has to go somewhere Mm. right and then obviously then he learned one of his chests has to come down to his feet now is the time he comes in can still bury Grealish at that time without committing a foul and getting sent off yeah but that's all learning uh, Grealish has been in the news a lot this week and again today he was uh, doing media yesterday around the England games and he was obviously asked about Graham Souness's criticism yeah. about him that felt he wasn't doing enough with the ball and wasn't advancing the ball enough with Manchester City and he, he sort of bit back at Souness and Souness has had a bite back again today uh, saying that Grealish wasn't a, a quick learner like, where are you on, on Jack Grealish he got the goal the last day yeah. like, the £100 million price tag is is hanging over him uh, Grealish has said he's basically doing what Pep Guardiola is asking him yeah. to do, and Pep has said as well. Mm. You know, which I don't, I don't go along with that. I don't go along with Pep saying, "Well, he's doing what I want him to do," right? Uh, so I, I'll address that particular situation first. He's playing as a left winger, right? And when wingers get the ball, whether they be right side or left, the, the midfield players have to do their stuff, and all the players have to do their stuff to get the ball out to the players in that position. Now, what wingers are there for, when, when all that build-up goes out to them, they have to be beating the full-back or trying to beat the full-back almost 90% of the time. That's where all the good play finishes, out there. Now, you've got to take them on. Now, what I see with Grealish all season, since you got and I feel, I don't know the lad, but very frustrated watching him. Nine times out of ten, when it comes out to him, he's right-footed, as we know. He comes up to the full-back, da, takes a da, comes out, passes it back. And the ball sometimes finishes up his own goalkeeper. Mm. When the, the wingers, whether it be right side or left side, uh, the other lad is, is very good. Fogan, Foden, yeah. Foden is, is very, very good. When it comes out to him, he beats them well. That's what it has to be. All their good play is from the midfield, from the out, gets to that position. Nine times out of ten... Not, well, not time, but whenever time it gets there. Then the winger, has to do his stuff, has to take the fella on. Get the ball over, you, you score a goal from it. You know, I go back and I don't like going back too much. When I played at Leeds, we had Peter Lorimer on the right wing, mm. Eddie Gray on the left, Remember myself in the middle of the field. Our job was to get it from back to front, maybe put somebody through down now and again, but a lot of times, boom, out to Eddie Gray. Right? The last thing we wanted was for Eddie to get to pull it out, 
and give it back to us, and then we go back again. That's the last thing you want. You've got to take the full back on in that position. Grealish wasn't doing that at all. So I would agree with what Graham is saying. What, what's he doing? And, and then for, for, for Pep to say, that's what I want him to do, I don't believe that. You, you can't believe that when the ball goes out to a winger after good play, that next thing is you've got to take him on. Because right? you're not going anywhere now. all the good play that you've done in midfield. And to get, to get into that position, it takes good play to get the wingers in that position. Now they have to do their stuff. So if he pulls out and Pep is saying, he's doing what I want him to do. I can't believe it. I think what Pep is saying at the moment and doing at the moment is to try and get his confidence back, not get, get, get on to him, right? Mm. But, the, but the, the second thing as well with Grealish, to be fair to him, when he played for Villa, he didn't play as a left winger. He played as a left-sided midfield player that could go away from that. He wasn't a winger that was taken to be a ball. He was a midfield lad, and he could beat players from that position because it was much easier to do it. And, and that's what made him a good player. He was, when I, I watched him playing for Villa, we all did for a long time, he never played as a left winger. Never. As a winger. And all the time I've seen him play for City, he's played as a left winger. It's, like, it's, like, it's like buying a full-back, mm. right? Or having somebody playing a full-back who's a centre-half or vice versa. That's not his position. So I do feel a bit sorry for that. But I'm amazed at uh, uh, Guardiola's response to it. And I'm not surprised that Graham Sinesse's criticism of him. We spoke a few weeks ago about Pep Guardiola and the style of play that he's been so successful with where you know there was a quote of him wanting 16, 17 passes for the perfect goal and that yeah, you yeah. needed that to open up and that would sort of feed into what Jack Grealish is saying that you're sort of constantly recycling possession, you're moving the defence and eventually an opening comes and that's where City yeah. capitalised. I guess the obvious contradiction to that and everything Foden has said is actually Phil Foden. Yeah, because when Foden does get it in that same position he's, he's, and they play in the exact same spot yeah. it's one or the other generally like Foden goes really goes at the it. defender but, but, but to be, go back to the 16 pass situation mm. uh, that Guardiola did, did say I believe did say uh, that's nonsense as well I mean if you get the ball in the middle of the field with, with Hartland the way he plays and he's, he's come off the defender and, that, and you put him through that's what you do. That's one pass. And when you're the midfield player, uh, Nathan, that's what you're looking for. Like when I was a kid playing up Manchester, Jimmy Murphy used to coach, and he said, John, when you get the ball, the first thing you look, can you put somebody through? That's what you look for. That's the most dangerous pass. If you can't, then you do something else. But what Pe- Pep is saying, we need 16 passes. I think this is what he's saying, mm. to, 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 to score a goal. You don't, Right. Actually, 16 passes, it depends where you're coming and going from, right? Sometimes it's 16 passes because the ball goes out to Grealish, for example, and he'll put out of the of the, that situation and it goes back three or four passes to the centre-backs. It drives, it drives me crackers watching it from that difficult position. That and the 16 passes goes back to the foot. That's passes. Yeah. But what's wrong with Grealish beating the guy and making it one pass? Or if you're a midfield player in Holland or anybody else, and you put him through... Right, we've seen that with Haaland. It doesn't take sixteen passes. It can, at times, but what what perhaps seems to be saying is this is a policy we have that it's going to take sixteen passes to put somebody. That can happen, but that's not what you're looking for. As a player, a midfield player, now you're looking for one pass. Can I do it? And then if it's not on, then you go somewhere else. It's successful. 
Well, it could be more successful than United, you know, uh, because the match that they played in the European a couple of weeks ago. Against Borussia Dortmund. Right. They were terrible in the first half. Terrible. Grealish was terrible. Gundogan was terrible. And it was no coincidence that at half-time, Foden came on and uh, uh, Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva, yeah. And they totaled it. Bernardo Silva is the best midfield, progressive midfield player that they have. Right. That particular, they had Gundogan on. Uh, uh, Rodri is, is a square passer. They were terrible. De Bruyne is not playing in the midfield. Like he, he sees it, but he's not playing in the midfield. So they're not controlling the midfield. They were terrible against them. So when he took Grealish off and, and, and he put uh, Bernardo Silva on and Foden on, yeah. and Fo- Foden on uh, they were a different... Now they had a midfield. Now they had a balance. You know? And they weren't good. But the second half, they were really good. So I think whenever Foden is playing or not playing and Grealish is playing... And Gundogan is playing, and, and they're not going to be the same team at all, Nathan. They're not even, in my opinion, not even going to be a good team. Now against Wolves last week, what they, what they do great, City, when they're really, really on it, is when they don't have the ball to get after them. They're really, really brilliant at that. And first half against Wolves, they were brilliant at it. They went, they went two up. Then they slacked. Some doubts about that last season with City. Did you at times about maybe there's just the general attitude of them? You see, you're not seeing anything this season. You think they're they're at it. No, I, 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 at times, you know, when, when the first half against uh, Wolves the other day, mm. first half they were really good. You had uh, Bernardo Silva in the middle of the field. You had Foden doing the stuff, and they were getting back and they were getting after the after the team, really good. And then, then funny enough, they they went off a bit when they mm. made it too. They went off a little bit, and Wolves came back into the game. So, and uh, was Grealish not a big part of that in the first half against Wolves? Not particularly. Not particularly. He scored, mm. you know, which is which is good. But I'd, even in, in the first half, I don't. Once Grealish gets the ball, in my opinion, or any winger, now he's got. Can I take the full back on? Can I take? That's that's all where your good play comes. That's where the danger comes from. But if you if you you have a picture in your head of Grealish playing, takes it up on his right foot, stops, comes out of it, passes it back. That's the picture I have. That's what he does ninety odd percent of the time. Right now you're back into your own half of the field. Now from the position, now you've got to start again, which they're good at, to get into that position again. That's your end product. You know, no matter who it is, whether it be Grealish, mm. uh, once it goes in, now he's one on one on the fullback. He takes him on, gets across in. That's how you create the goals. Once he comes back there, then they go back there. Then they finish up the halfway line again. It's keeping possession, you know, so which, is, which is okay. Yeah, but that's not the the emphasis should be take them on get a cross in come inside and score or whatever you want to do from that position you mentioned Grealish at Villa and you know everything at Villa went through Grealish yes. whether it was in the midfield three or a slightly more yeah. advanced role he was he was always yeah. involved he was the man yeah and like the pressure on him isn't going to change at Manchester City because he's English and because of the price tag could he play a different role yes. in that City team yes. like, is he good enough yes well that's what he did at Villa mm. that's but, what, that's but what there's one thing doing it for Villa there's another thing doing it for the best team in Europe like could he play in the midfield three for City yes yes if you pay 100 million for a player from where the position he was playing in Nathan why would you put him on the left wing where you didn't see him even play for 100 million Grealish is a midfield player and he was a very good midfield player for, for Villa if you let him go a bit, he used to play left side of midfield 
a bit, but he mm. was he had a free he had the free run to go over here if he wanted to, and he could take people on the middle of the field. It's a it's a wholly different different game when you're taking people on as a winger. Like in the middle of the field, it's, it's much much easier to do it. But when you're you, like the real wingers, the, the, the you know the, the fellas that cost like Foden when he gets the ball is a danger. He's either going to come inside on his left if he's on the right side or he's going to beat people mm. and get the cross in and, and, and all the various things that wingers do. But Grealish never did that at Villa. He was good at Villa, doing what he did. He had freedom to go somewhere. He was a midfield player, you know. So it's like getting any midfield player and putting him out on the left wing and saying, no, you've got to take this guy on. They're not able to do it, most of them. And he's not able to do it. It starts again. And I'm not, I, I, don't, I, I just watch City or watch any, any team playing. But nine times out of ten when I see him, it drives me mad. Ted goes up to the fella on his right foot, jinx, comes back, goes past the back, and it goes sometimes to the halfway line. Now, City don't give the ball away. You know what I mean? They're not a team that, that he does that and they're going to lose the ball to keep. going to go somewhere else. But he should be doing that. When you get all that good attacking, team doing attacking well, a lot of it finishes up with the winger, one-on-one and the full-back. Now, that's what he's there for, to get on with it and do it. Not come out, start again, start again, start again. So of all those City players that play in and around Haaland, which one would you take if you had a choice of one of them? To In, in and around him? In and around Haaland of Foden, Grealish, uh, uh, De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Gundogan, Mares. Well... You have Haaland and you have to say, well, who's, who's best with him? Because they don't play two strikers mm. at the moment. But, but uh, De Bruyne is playing much more forward now than he has done at any time. I, I never really saw Grealish, uh, sorry, uh, De, Bruyne. De Bruyne as an outstanding midfield player. He, he, he's an outstanding player in what he needs. He's brilliant distribution, especially when he's making goals for, for Haaland. And that. But I never saw him as a playmaker as a midfield in defending and being the, the perfect midfield player. He's very, very good at what he does. Uh, De Bruyne, the, sorry, Bernardo Silva is definitely the best midfield player they have if he gets on the ball. And you, you, if you look at the match last week when they were in trouble in the, the Champions League, mm. it, was the, it was when he got on the ball, the first thing he does is to be good, create something. If you go back on that goal, he got the ball in the middle of the field and unlike Gundogan and that, he passed it sideways at that, he took it on and I did that uh, and created a pass down the, the, the right side that they had the right back come on to score Yeah, the goal. That's what he does. They don't have anybody else doing that. Rodri doesn't do it. De Bruyne does it when he gets the ball. Right. So he's in a better position now that he's in a more advanced role. He's more advanced position. But somebody has to do it for him. Mm. You know what I mean? Like in the first half against the, it was the German team. was Dortmund, it? yeah. yeah. There was nobody in midfield. Or whoever was in meal wasn't doing anything. You know, Gundigan gets the ball, he gives it that. And, and you watch Gundigan once, he gets the ball, gives it to the fella. Now he gets it from the fella and gives it back to him. Like, it, it, it's, I, it's just, like at that position, in the midfield like that, with, with Bernardo Silva and other great midfield players, the first thing you do is turn. What can I do? What can I do to put somebody through? Like, if somebody gives you the ball and you're giving back the ball, what's and Gundogan does that a lot so there's nobody in the middle of the field really like that's what City were in trouble they had everybody got it chasing forward I'm talking about the German team everybody chasing forward and when you give it away you're in trouble Mm. big trouble whereas if you have it balanced 
like there'll be a couple of midfield players still behind still behind the ball which they did when Silva comes on so you know, that, that's that's my take on it but for for, for, for Pep to say uh, we need 16 passes to you know it just doesn't make sense and I, th- I think he's trying to give Grealish confidence yeah not to be hammering them not to be hammering them and and I think that's not that's not a bad idea it, as long as he the, 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 it works that he's going to do and take the people on that he should be doing uh, we need to take a quick break all our football coverage is brought to you by Sky get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sports and Premier Sports John Giles is in studio with us this evening back in a moment Football on Off the Ball With Sky Chelsea take on Manchester City In the Women's Super League This Sunday Live on Sky Sports Every celebrity Their thought on Thursday and Friday Will be How do we skip the game? Beckham just flipped that on his head Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream Wherever you get your podcasts And download the OTB Sports app Football on Off the Ball With Sky Watch Scotland versus Ireland In the UEFA Nations League This Saturday Live on Premier Sports Welcome back It's Thursday's football show Nathan with you this evening John Giles is in studio with us John if you uh, were put up against a 15 year old on the pitch as Ethan and Wannery was for Arsenal Youngest ever Premier League player at the weekend uh, One of the criticisms was that Maybe some of the more senior players would be afraid to tackle him. That this is a kid you're going up against. No, you'd be trying to trying to welcome him to the big time. <laughs> this doesn't happen, Nathan. No, there's no, one thing about football at that level. With most levels, even in park football, and that you don't feel sorry for anybody. <laughs> you, you know, you don't say, "Well, he's only a kid." If, if he's out there, he's out there, yeah. and he has to take it the same as everybody else. But remarkable, absolutely remarkable. I mean, a 15 year old. I've never seen a 15 year old like that. I mean, I went to Manchester United when I was 15 uh, and I was playing in, in, in the juniors, in the League of the Juniors under 19. And I was 15 yeah. at the time. I mean, uh, I've never seen anything Do you see like any it. problem with it? Like, is, is, no, is it too young? No, 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 no. I don't think you're ever too young or too old. Well, you can be too old. Uh, but I don't think you're ever too young. Uh, and I think Arteta wouldn't be putting them on if he thought there'd be... If you too young or, or you know, he obviously knows him. He's got he's got him. But for a fifteen-year-old to be as mature as he is mm. is remarkable. Fifteen. I mean, he's the youngest player ever to play in in the, in the Premiership. Uh, and I saw a lot of pl- young players coming on. I mean, Bobby Charlton was a wonder boy uh, at Manchester United uh, before the Munich air disaster, and I think he was seventeen, eighteen. Never saw a fifteen-year-old like that. Ever, it, it, who knows how his career turns out? That there's so many things that can happen, both physically, yeah. uh, talent-wise, and the mentality as well. Now, oh, yeah, he's suddenly got, a superstar at 15. He's got to have the attitude. I've, I, mm. I, I saw not, not lads quite like that uh, when I was at Manchester United. Stars at 15, and didn't and didn't didn't make it. Mm. First of all, they were they were found out a little bit, but mostly they didn't have the attitude, or they, they, they thought they were better than they were, or whatever. There's lots of different things that can create people not making it. They have the attitude. And and the lads that can make it uh, are dedicated to it. I mean, I go back to and play Norman Hunter. Norman, in my opinion, was one of the great players. But Norman's never lost his attitude. But, but he had a, a bit of a, 
a, a break in that. Before Don Revy took over as manager, the manager before released him when he was 17. Mm. Didn't sign him pro. Sent him home. And Don Revy brought him back. So Norman was never going to lose the enthusiasm and will to do it. You know, it was a shock. He was out of the game. Once you go out of the game at 17, you're almost finished in the game. But attitude, attitude, attitude was everything. With, with, with most players who are top players, attitude has to be great. Uh, and this kid now, he's 15. We'll wait and see. He looks, he looks the part, Nathan. Is he going to continue to work at it, work at it, work at it? Uh, Arsenal looked apart as well. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, they obviously took a bit of stick after the defeat to Manchester United. That there was a sense of oh, same old Arsenal when you know the pressure was really on. They crumbled, uh, which might have been a bit harsh in th- the context of the whole game. What is your thoughts on how far they can go and the talent in that squad? I, I think they've tightened up the midfield, mm. Nathan, a good bit. I mean, against Manchester United, going forward in the early part of the game when they went in front, they were really good. I thought they were going to win the game well. But then when it came to defending, they were awful. They really gave goals away that were very simple. And you don't win things doing that, Nathan. You have to have a balance. Yeah. You know, you've got to go score. You've got to score goals. Obviously, you've got to go score. But you have to be tight. You can't. I've never seen a team win it, Nathan, that was great up front and not good at the back, or vice versa. You have to be doing both, really. And Manchester United on the, on the night beat them well mm. I mean two of the goals that were, were, were goals counter attacking goals yeah. you can't do that you can't be giving goals away like that but, but he's, he's got a couple of players in the midfield now that's tightened it up a bit you know yeah so, parties in the middle of midfield yeah, yeah. so he's tightened that up a, a, a lot uh, which he has to do because going forward he's got some terrific players young players as well in the Arsenal team to do what's needed going forward but you have to have the other bit, more than a bit as well. Well, but, th- but they did it last week. The coaching is obviously an important part of it, but it does seem as though they've also bought good players. You know, Kieran Tierney, when he's fit, is excellent at left back. Zinchenko uh, was injured, but, you know, looks a real quality signing. Like they have a very different back four even to the last couple of years with Ben White there, Gabriel, William Saliba's come back, got a goal at the weekend. Yeah, I'm not so sure about Gabriel. No. He's, he's a bit, bit iffy. You know, I don't see him as a, as a as a fella that's going to keep it tight at the back and get players in the right way. He's a, you don't know. I just I'd have me doubts about him. Uh, Gabriel Jesus obviously came from Manchester City yeah. and he did a brilliant job at times at Manchester City. But you never felt Pep Guardiola thought he was his real number nine. Uh, has have you seen something different from him with a bit more responsibility at Arsenal? I think Pep made a mistake with him I mean if you go back the last 12 months at least at uh, City he never played up front mm. he never played as a centre forward he was so out on the, the right hand side or the left hand side, side yeah. left hand side nearly all the time Nathan and he's a centre forward you know and centre forwards don't don't play well on the left or right mm. if they're a centre forward a centre forward a goal scorer and I think he made a mistake there uh, one of the few mistakes and I think he's been terrific for us I mean the goal he scored the other day was fantastic the header I mean the power he got I mean, he, but he's, he scored quite a few goals for him but he is playing up front and uh, he, he didn't get much of a chance at City to play in, in, in fact no chance he hadn't played in the left or right 
different position altogether. It's like a, it's like having Haaland now say, right, you're going to play down the left side or the right side. He wouldn't be scoring 14 and 15 or whatever many mm-hmm. goals he scored so far now. The first striker as well, you, I suppose you need to trust your manager. You also probably need to feel like you're the main man, which he never was. Like There were so many talented players, whether it was De Bruyne or Foden. Yeah, well, the pressure's on him. Mm. You know, but, 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 he, but he never played him a cent- Well, I'm not saying never, but any time I remember him playing for City, he was on the left-hand side or the right-hand side. And it's it's like saying to Haaland now, you play on the left hand side, you wouldn't you wouldn't be scoring the goals he's mm. doing. Centre forwards are centre forwards, neither. And I think I think I think Pep slipped up there a bit. You mentioned the attacking players that he had, Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard didn't play the last day, but you know, Odegaard was one of these uh, much like the fifteen year old, I think Odegaard made his debut at fifteen mm. for his club in Norway, ends up at Real Madrid, it doesn't quite work out and it's finally finding his feet. That tree behind it, it sort of looks as exciting as almost any attacking three behind a striker that any of the teams have right now. Who who, who do you like out of those those players? I, I like all of them. They're all good players. They can all dribble in that. You know what I mean? But what, what, Linda, the really successful teams, you get a balance, you know? You get somebody who's not good going forward and not so good going mm. forward. So I think they are what they are. Like when, when they're going forward, it's all or nothing, you know? Yeah. Which is okay. But you, you have to have the balance that when somebody goes forward, they're going to slip in, t- in there to be a defender in that. I'm not in favour of, of the, the uh, out-and-out defenders in midfield. I don't, I don't the, the, the central defenders. You see, hear them talking now, he's a defensive midfield player. I, I don't think there should be any such thing, you know what I mean? If, you, if, you, if you're playing, you're playing, and if it's the right time to go forward, you know? And I think this, like, no, we have to put the defensive midfield players. It's become fashionable in the game now. But I think it, it, the best way to defend is to have the ball and to use the ball and be yeah. able to use the ball. Uh, I won't describe Declan Rice as a defensive midfield player, uh, though I think when people talk about defensive midfield players who might go to the biggest clubs, uh, he's always probably the first name that comes up. Uh, West Ham are really struggling this season. Uh, we had their game against Everton on the show on Sunday. It uh, wasn't great. A couple of bad games last weekend, it's got to be said, uh, between that and the Villa game on, on Friday night as well. Yeah. Is uh, that the Everton game? The Everton-West Ham game. Like West Ham obviously yeah. done brilliantly the last couple of seasons. Uh, you know, Went on a real run in the Europa League last year, ended up in the Conference League this year, and spent. like the, One of the problems they've had was they'd no backup for Mikel Antonio. They went and spent a lot of money during the summer. None of the players seemed to have really no. settled in at all. And it's hard to see them getting to yeah. another level. It can happen, Nathan, you know, very quickly. I'm, I'm sorry, just to go Villa Saints played. Mm. And it's the worst, one of the worst games I've ever seen. I mean, like, oh, yeah? That was terrible. Um, a big couple, a few, three points for... Uh, what, what, what was so bad about it? Why was it so bad? They were, they were giving the ball away. They were giving... The, it was just poor, you know. It, was, it, was, it wasn't... They deserved, just about deserved to win it. Villa it was badly needed. Mm. I mean, their confidence, confidence wouldn't be great. I think Saints are in trouble. Uh but they were kept giving the ball away, and it was. But anyway, they won. Very similar on Sunday then between Everton and West Ham. Like there was no, no. onus of keeping possession. You no, get just, it back two they, passes no, later. They just about got it, mm. Everton, on it. But West Ham were. were it, it happens, you know. Um, I mean, the, the talk afterwards. Uh, I'm talking about the captain, our man. Sorry, Nathan. Uh, Declan Rice. Declan Rice. Mm. Uh, like he made a comment after the match. It'll just and then it, it, it just tells you a little story, you know. Uh, this is him talking now after the match. Declan Rice. Post match. 
I want the front players to play freely and feel like the best players in the world, right? That's a manager. That's manager talk. Yeah. But it was Declan Rice saying that. That's Declan yeah. Rice saying that. Now, he, and he apparently said that in the dressing room after the match because it didn't play well. Is that not your where, captain? Where was, where was David Moyes? Mm. Do you know, in the, of course, captain, they have to do certain things, but not that. You know, like that, that's the that's the manager's job to do what. All I'm saying is that with him having license to talk like that is not showing up the manager very well, because the manager has to listen to that and obviously listen to it. Like it was the manager was in charge. To, Hang on, and I'll look look after that. I'll do it my own way in that way. So I think what's happened there, and it happens when managers there. He's been there for a few years now. Mm. And he's done really well. You know what I mean? They bought a few players in the summer, right? But it does get to the stage where the manager becomes a bit stale, if that's the right word. Players don't listen to him as much because they've had two great seasons. But he's never the most positive man in the world, David Moyes. Well, he doesn't come across that way. No. You know, but that's the one thing coming across. In the, but it's what's happening in the dressing room. That's the that's where the manager really earns his corn. Would there not have been, there not have been occasions where... You know, Don Revy says I've got an unbelievably experienced dressing room I'm just going to let them sort it out themselves Big never word. never if we come in there's only one voice in the dressing room that was Don Revy Jack used to try and say something sometimes and it was just shut up okay. that's, that's when you come in after a match good or bad yeah. the manager's the man right and Declan Rice is saying that, and I read it in the paper, he was, he's quoted as saying, as saying that. Well, they didn't play well. They were beaten, right? So where's the manager when he's saying that? You know, this is a vital thing to be saying. This is what we have to do. What he's saying, really, we, we want the front players to... Right? That means that Rice has the power to say that, right? And no matter how good a player is for a manager, no matter how good he is, the manager is the man, mm. right? And that that looks bad to me. Rice. The way they've played, they've, they've played in a way, like they've been finished the last two seasons really well. And they're down the bottom of the table, you know? So there's something wrong somewhere. But football is like that. It's very, very fragile. It can change from one season to the next. You get a group of players in the West Ham dressing room, it's no big deal anymore. It's quite easy. We finished whatever we did fifth in the league last year. Yeah? Without the same effort. You know, you to take it for granted. That's when the manager comes into it and says, hey, come on here. Or if he goes, if Rice wants to go and say something, hang on, I'll, I'll sort that out. Can there be a bit as well of, I know you're saying, you know, maybe players aren't putting in exactly the same effort that they were over the last couple of seasons. Yeah. But also, they've tried to make substantial changes over the course of the summer. They've spent a huge amount of money bringing in four or five expensive players that actually the players who did so well over the last couple of seasons are saying, hang on a second, you know, we got us uh, up to sixth, seventh in the league. Yet now yeah. you're turning around and saying, we're not, we're not good enough anymore. You, you need to bring somebody else in. Can't be great for morale. No, it, it, it can happen. But when it's really well run and the manager's doing it, it it's players actually like new players coming in mm. especially the good ones because it's, it's going to improve them all right but but that's up to the manager to not to allow that to happen if you know what I mean like he's he's in charge of it and if they're not doing their stuff and there's new players coming in they've got they've got to do it yeah right 
what I what I sense with the, with him talking there is that he's not doing that. The manager, you know, he's not doing it. If Rice is talking like that, like Don Revy would never let any player, or Matt Busby, you're joking. You know, I remember Morris Sellers playing when he was a bit melty and, and coming in. Morris, sit down. You're the first voice I hear. Just sit down and listen. They don't. They don't allow that to happen. They might say in, in certain meetings during the week, "Does anybody want to say anything?" Right now, you can get right. Would you say something? Uh, yeah, yeah. Now and again, yeah. But uh, I don't, <laughs> yeah, the managers don't like you saying anything. Well, to be fair to Don, he never said to me, "Look, shut up." Or that. It, it, like if you if you're making a a, a, a fair statement, point. yeah, it's not. Well, I played well and I didn't get the ball and all that. You're making it for the sake of the team. You know, you're not having to go at any of the players, but you're making. You, of course, you could say, I, don't, "I think we're dropping back too far." No, that's up to him to say. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe we are. You know, but he wouldn't say, "Don't hear anything from you," mm. if he's invited to talk. But if you went in the dressing room and start saying, "I think that," look, sit down. Right, sit down. Just sit down and shut up. I'll do the talking here. Do you think David Moyes has the power to tell Declan Rice to sit down and shut up? This is we don't know. I mean, the fact is, I read that. That was a quote from Rice actually saying that in the dressing room afterwards. He actually, that's I believe that was said, right? And like the way he was saying that, that's that's definitely there for the manager to say. Definitely. So obviously the manager has not said it, and has allowed one of the players to say it. Now if that happens. It means, in my opinion, Declan Rice has too much authority as a player rather than the manager. And then the manager then loses respect, in my opinion, of the other players around. Because they know he should be saying, hang on a minute, leave that to me. And then you... That's called le- losing the dressing room. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it all develops uh, with West Ham over the next few weeks then. Uh, great stuff as always, John. Thanks for coming to the studio. Thanks, Nathan. Enjoy a couple of games over the next week. We'll have plenty to talk about next Thursday when it comes to Ireland. What have we got next week? we got Armenia, we got uh, Scotland. Oh, yeah, so yeah, we were reflecting on both of them. Hopefully we're talking Fingers about crossed now for the, for the Irish lads on yeah. Saturday, isn't Saturday it? Saturday night, yeah, and then next and then Tuesday. Tuesday night. Great. Uh, Look forward to it. All our football brought to you by Sky. You can get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Chelsea take on Manchester City in the Women's Super League this Sunday. Live on Sky Sports.